0: Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the third hour of the program. Glad to have you with me. The phone number, if you want to call in, 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. Joe Biden has had no uh, limited uh, engagement with the press. Seven press conferences so far this year. By this time, uh, Donald Trump and Barack Obama had both had more than 20. Joe Biden is doing a town hall event with CNN tonight. Uh, it's his second with Anderson Cooper on CNN and he has a pre-screened audience asking pre-screened questions to try to make it something um, And you know the Republicans are pointing out why wait a second you're you're having a town hall, On a night that there is a football game, a hockey game, a baseball game, uh, and some other game, a basketball game tonight, You're, you're having it on a night when Americans will be watching a sporting event of some kind? Really? Yes. The White House concedes part of their concern with the president not having press conferences is that he sometimes puts his foot in his mouth. But also, they'd say they don't like the, the questions from Washington press corps people because they're always concerned about process. And, you know, there is a legit criticism there. I do have to acknowledge there's a legit criticism. They ask about the process of getting things done as opposed to uh, the policies and, and outcomes. But yeah, it's not good that the president, the White House, keeps him away from the press because – they're afraid he's going to put his foot in his mouth. And they're going to get pre-screened questions tonight with CNN. Interesting. Well, look, I told you I wanted to get to the Chappelle stuff, and I do, but there's some breaking news I've got to get to. This is a pretty big story. It actually is breaking news. It comes from the Washington Free Beacon. This is, well, I you'll have to excuse me. I I used a little bit of profanity on on. Twitter, this news just hit the wires, and it's a holy S-word moment. The country's largest school board association, it turns out, according to Chuck Ross from the Washington Free Beacon, uh, using a Freedom of Information Act request, the country's largest school board association collaborated with the Biden White House before sending a controversial letter calling on the FBI to investigate parents as potential domestic terrorists, according to previously unreported emails. The emails obtained by Parents Defending Education through public records requests and reviewed by the Washington Free Beacon reveal that the National School Board Association's president and CEO sent the letter to Biden on September 29th without approval from the organization's board. The letter said that the acts of some parents at school board meetings across the country could be considered a form of domestic terrorism and hate crimes. The emails also show that the White House asked the association for examples of threats against school board members days before Attorney General Merrick Garland created a task force of officials from the FBI and Justice Department To determine how to prosecute alleged crimes at school board meetings. The letter makes clear the White House was aware of the letter before it was released, which raises questions about whether the White House colluded with the association on the letter to prompt federal action. The letter has sparked allegations the Biden administration is trying to stifle dissent among parents who oppose mask mandates and the teaching of critical race theory at America's schools? School board meetings have become battlegrounds for factions of parents torn on the issue. The emails also show members of the National School Board Association's board of directors voiced frustration that officials sent out the letter without their approval. One director of the association said the letter had, quote-unquote, reawakened hostilities that were beginning to subside. Quote, Many of us have been put in a position now of explaining or defending this action of our association, as we are asked by members of our community if we considered them domestic terrorists for showing up at our meetings and expressing their opinions, says John Halkias, director of the association's central region. He said he and other board members would not have likely approved the letter, which he said, quote, used terms that were extreme and asked for action by the federal government that many of us would not request. Well, there you have it. So again, a key, key portion here, the letter from the National School Board Association makes clear the White House was aware of everything before it was released. And in fact, the White House asked them for supplemental information that was included in the final letter. Sounds like the White House was trying to gin this up to go after parents. This can't come at a worse time for Terry McAuliffe in Virginia, by the way. Do you know that so this uh, Monmouth university polling in Virginia has the GOP ahead on the issue of education. There hadn't been a poll in 20 years that has the GOP leading on the issue of education until now. I just, I, I really do think that the Democrats misjudged the situation badly because of their bubble. They really, really misjudged it. Now there's going to be hell to pay. But it's not the only bubble they've misjudged on stuff like this. It's like the the talking points on their reconciliation package. We got $5 trillion of spending going on, and they're trying to tell us it costs nothing. This is Joe Biden himself on this issue. They represent less than one-half of 1% of our economic
1: growth each year. Less than one-half of 1%. And the cost of the Build Back Better bill, in terms of adding to the deficit, is zero. 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 Because we're going to pay for it all. In addition to that, half of it is a tax cut. It's not spending money. It's a tax cut for working-class people. It's about time, as I said, and I come from the corporate state of the world. Not a joke. More corporations are, are are in registered in my state than every other state in the United States combined. And I represented the state of DuPont, as they used to call it, for 36 years. I'm not anti-business, but I'm about just begin pay your fair share. Look, folks, under this proposal and under this proposal, these proposals I'm talking about, I guarantee you that no one making under four hundred thousand dollars a year will see one single penny in tax go up,
0: not one. Right, uh, but so now their tax cuts. His his proposal is a tax cut. I thought tax cuts added to the deficit. That's what the Democrats say when Republicans offer tax cuts. Somehow this is going to be paid for and a tax cut, and it's going to cost nothing. None of that makes sense. None of it makes sense. Yet that's what they're selling. Meanwhile, they're targeting parents. This is not one of those things that's really sustainable for the Democrats. And this, by the way, is why the president's polling is doing so bad. They they don't seem to understand what's happening in the country. They really don't. They don't seem to understand. Uh, uh they, they don't relate to parents. They don't relate to parents struggling during uh, this season right now with after lockdowns and everything else they they just don't this is it's it's not a good setup for them and i'm not sure that this is one of those sustainable situations where the democrats are going to be able to recover and pivot because they have become so dogmatic on these issues i mean they really do think parents are behaving like domestic terrorists they really do think that parents are somehow incapable of addressing what they want their kids to learn. They really do think that you are going to believe that a this, this big spinning plan that increases taxes across the board is actually a tax cut. And they're allowing the IRS to invade your bank account and your Venmo account to find out what's going on. Senator John Kennedy is, is leading a uh, group of senators against this issue.
1: Whether it's uh, $600 or $10,000, under this proposal, the intimate financial details of everyone in this room, of, uh, at a minimum of every American who has a job will be turned over on a daily basis to the IRS. But this stuff is crazy. Uh, President Xi would be proud.
0: President Xi would be proud. He sure would. How do you, you, listen, this happens oftentimes to the party in power, more so for the Democrats of late because the media is in their bubble with them. And so they think they're getting the reality of what's happening on the ground because so many members of the media are in the, in the, um, bubble with them. They think these things are, are good ideas. They think they're good. They think inflation's transitory. Jim Cramer sounding the alarm. Inflation is much worse than we thought. Uh, I keep hoping the capacity will come on and make it so that it's not as
1: bad, but it just can't seem to come on as fast enough. I and mean, for instance, I was going over with my friend, Frank Mitch, uh, who's got his own firm about chemicals, and it's just unbelievable. Uh, Fermium's using numbers that are just Astounding, and makes you feel like that Procter is not going to be able to get out.
0: Inflation is more than transitory; it's getting worse, and the Democrats can't even concede that as well. Uh, these are these are why the Democrats are headed into what could be a blowout in twenty twenty two. I will tell you the the only thing that will probably keep the Democrats from really being crushed in twenty twenty two is the Republicans. Uh, there, there are still a number of people out there who in the grassroots who think that unless you can, uh, expose an election fraud that does not exist from 2020, there's no reason to even fight for 2022. They don't want to test the hypothesis. They're convinced, you you know, in scientific research, you always test your hypothesis. So Republicans think that 2020 was stolen and the Democrats are just going to steal 2022. So what you do to test the hypothesis, you put your all into 2022 and see if in a year where historically the party of the White House loses, that would be the Democrats, uh, see if they can still beat the GOP. If so, then, yeah, they might be stealing the election. But to just give up altogether and say, I'm not even going to try, that's not testing your hypothesis. That's just being a loser. You got to get out there and engage and see. And and the only thing that's going to stop the Democrats from destruction is the GOP being losers going into the election instead of going in with a winning mindset. But I think the GOP is going to do pretty well, and the Democrat behavior out there suggests they know it too. I it, uh, s- the Los Angeles Times sports columnist lamenting the Dodgers and how they did. I, I got to read you. Uh, This just raises my blood pressure. The evening of such promise ended with such insult after Freddie Freeman's double in the ninth inning drove in Dainsby Swanson from second and gave them a 6-2 lead. From behind home plate, there arose that racist chant from fans doing the tomahawk chop. You mean the racist chant the Cherokee Nation is fine with? That That one, Bill? What is it? Bill Planky or whatever he's, Plashky. The sports columnist for the Los Angeles. It's just, it's racist. It's racist. And no, no idea of the history or the culture or the fans. It's just, it's racist because it's the tomahawk chop. Uh, these are the people we're dealing with out there screwing up society. Uh, it, it's like this the, the Netflix organizer of the walkout, the trans walkout of Netflix. Netflix should fire them all. But listen to this, this is the sort of people who give us the behind home play game, the racist chant of the Tomahawk Chop.
1: So my name is Ashley Marie Preston and I am the organizer for the Stand Up and Solidarity Rally. And I thank all of you for being here today in support of the employees at Netflix, of um, trans and non-binary experience and their allies and accomplices. I think the message that many people expect for us to deliver today is one around why it's important to cancel Dave Chappelle. And so I want to make it very clear that this isn't an instance of cancel culture because I've invited Dave Chappelle to have transformative dialogue with us on multiple occasions. And he has made it clear that it is not of interest to him. So just to be clear, this isn't cancel culture, but an avoidance of accountability when we've invited you to be a part of the repair that it takes to be able to not only heal culture, but to move all of us forward.
0: I, I want to break this down from the organizer well, I mean, actually- of, the, of the rally, uh, the, the walkout of Netflix employees. Let's, let's walk through this, shall we? It's cancel culture because I've invited- It's not cancel culture because she's invited Chappelle to show up.
1: Thank Chappelle to have
0: transformative dialogue with us. Performative dialogue, pr- pr- performative or r- reparative dialogue. It's not cancel culture because we've invited him to come have dialogue with us where he must do something.
1: Just
0: to be clear, this isn't cancel culture, but an avoidance of accountability when we've invited So, 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 so wait, 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 a a, a performative, a, a, what she say? Performative? Yes. A a performative conversation. She's invited him for this conversation. Let me pull up the actual transcript because it's a little bit hard to understand. Uh, Transformative dialogue. That's what it is. It's not cancel culture because we have invited Dave Chappelle to have transformative dialogue. Who are you transforming with the dialogue? Dave Chappelle. So it is canceling who he is to transform him, is it not? And he has chosen not to do that. He doesn't want to come. And so as a result, it's the avoidance of accountability. So wait, 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 wait. So you're punishing him because he did not come to be transformed into what you want him to be. Therefore... It's about accountability that he's not. So it is cancellation. It's cancellation because you don't get your way. You don't get your way. Therefore, he must be held accountable. The only way Dave Chappelle gets to avoid cancellation from these people is to conform to what they want. He must be made to care. Dave Chappelle must be made to care. That's cancel culture that he's got to be punished for not converting to their cause through transformative dialogue you've been invited to be part of the repair this is this is gobbledygook totalitarian speak for yes he must be punished for not converting to our cause, he does not care the way we wish him to. Therefore, he must be punished. That is cancel culture, and they can deny it all they want. Notice the word salad that comes with this transformative dialogue, accountability, to repair. What? R- repair, you mean, not repair, but censor him. Wow. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson. Welcome to the program. The phone number is 877-973-7425 if you want to be on this program. Um, I, I want to I, I shift gears fairly dramatically. Well, I don't know that it's that dramatic, but... I read in my local newspaper today uh, about a local business is closing its doors it's called homestead bakery it opened and i was a little bit frustrated with them to be honest with you when they first opened because they had a menu so one of my favorite this is part of my problem one of my favorite things to eat dessert wise is a chocolate eclair i remember the very first time i ever had one i was a kid in paris stuck at the airport in paris which is a terrible airport but they had chocolate eclairs, and it was incredible. I love them. And I went uh, to this homestead bakery. They promised to make homemade chocolate eclairs, and they didn't. It was on the menu, but they said it was aspirational. They hoped to get there. They were just starting up. It's like ah, you know. So I have over time. I've learned when a new story. Um, when a new story, when a new store opens, when a new restaurant in particular opens, give them some time and go back. Show them a little grace. They're working out the kinks, particularly right now in this environment. Uh, they're working out the kinks. Give them a little bit of time and go back. And I did, and they had very good gumbo. I got a sandwich, and they did have the chocolate eclairs, and they were good. And they've been in business eleven months. And now they're closing. In November of 2019, a fire destroyed their home. They lived in Northern Idaho. They moved after the fire destroyed their home in Idaho, they moved to middle Georgia, and they decided they were gonna set up this bakery and coffee shop. And the husband did a lot of the baking, the wife ran the front of the store And they held on for 11 months. And now they got to shut down. The cost of goods, issues with suppliers, and the economy had a lot to do with it. Good people, very nice people. The eclairs actually were great. So they're closing their doors. They closed their doors yesterday. How many other businesses are in their boat? How many lives are being ruined because of our economic situation? How many won't have a radio show host talk about them or name check them? How many are out there begging for attention and can't get it? And how frustrating it must be for the government to say, well, it you know, people's incomes are coming up, so they're spending so much more. Because that's the Biden administration. Jen Psaki and Pete Buttigieg have both said this. By the way, so I was listening to a program the other day, and they pointed out, you know, while Pete Buttigieg was on his paternity leave, you know what he was doing? Some... Filmmaker made a movie about Pete Buttigieg's historic run for the presidency, the first gay man in the Democratic primary to get that far. And the premiere was in Chicago. And guess what? Pete Buttigieg was seen by himself, left the kids at home. And that's what he was doing while he was on paternity leave. He was going off on, on tour for the movie coming out. He was in Chicago for its premiere. People saw him there. Notice how the mainstream media has not really covered that aspect of it. But it's true. That's what he was doing. Leaving behind his job, his responsibilities, his family. And how many businesses are going to close because Pete Buttigieg wasn't on the job? You know, the the honest answer is none. I mean, their businesses are going to close, but not because Pete Buttigieg was there or not. Uh, He's clearly not up to the job and and ineffectual uh, given that no one noticed he was gone for two months. But so many lives have been ruined by this pandemic. So many people have lost lives, uh, lost loved ones. Kids have been set back. Kids are not progressing. Some kids are not developing the way they should develop because they're interacting with other people with masks on. And then you've got these small businesses. Mom and dad shops, mom and pop shops, and they just close up one day. They're no longer there because of the pandemic. They're not alone. There there are a lot of restaurants and small businesses that are having this happen to them. And you, you can't keep everything in power. You can't keep every business going. You can't. None of us have the money to do it. Remember, during the pandemic, during lockdown, I was paying for haircuts that I would never get just to keep my barbershop open and to help the guys who worked at the barbershop, the housekeepers couldn't come. And we were paying the housekeepers every week, even though the housekeepers couldn't come just to make sure they could keep going. We, We had the ability, God blessed us. We were trying to be a blessing to other people. It's what you're supposed to do. Think. But at at some point as well, government policy comes in and government policy is at play. and, And a lot of these businesses are closing, not so much because of the pandemic, but because of the government's response to the pandemic. And we're two years into this thing, and the government seems to be insistent on still doing things that no longer work or no longer apply, like at this point, masks in schools, masks in public Not in At this point, I mean, the signal for people to get vaccinated is get vaccinated and then go be shut back in your house and keep your mask on. So why get vaccinated? That's what we were doing before. The government bureaucrats can't get it right. And, you know, I just I really I really follow along with me here, please. It's a little bit repetitive from what I've said already. But I think it's really necessary. I don't think and I know some of you do. I don't think this is about government bureaucrats wanting to control us. Hear me out on this, y'all. This isn't about, and there's there's this theory on the right that they want to keep the pandemic going because they want to keep controlling us. I don't think that's right. In, in fact, I think that that actually misses what's happening here. I think it's they can't land the plane because the only runway they want to land on is COVID-0. Because they thought they could beat it. As much as some people didn't believe enough in the science, they believed too much. They thought the vaccine would be a cure-all. The vaccine would take care of it. The vaccine would end the virus. And now the vaccinated are getting other vaccinated people sick. So what do they do? They, they have no idea. that they, they found meaning and purpose in life to fight a, to fight a virus, to show that science can do extraordinary things, and now they can't stop the virus. The vaccine isn't 100% effective. And they've been telling people we're going to rid the world of COVID. We're going to fight back. We're going to beat this virus, and the virus has beaten us. And adaptability and living with the virus was never something they had in their head. It was never something they thought about. It was never something they wanted to do or have us do. And so they can't come to terms with that fact. The only runway they want to land the pandemic plane and the only runway they want to land on is the one that has no COVID and they can't get there now. And in their mind now, because of what they've said for over a year, we're going to beat this thing. We're going to annihilate. We're going to get rid of this virus. We're going to eradicate it. We're going to save ourselves from it. If they land the plane anywhere else, they consider it a crash, a failure on their part. And they're the heroes, and they can't let anyone down. They can't let themselves down. It's not about controlling our lives. It's that they never contemplated a world in which COVID stayed around, and now that it's clear it's never going away, they don't know what to do. Except everything they've been doing, and they can't think anew about what to do. And as some voices come up and and say we should do different, they're relying on, for example, social media outlets to censor them. Censor the truth now. It's not just the conspiracy theory. It's the truth they don't want to hear that they don't want you to hear. Because to do otherwise would be for them to have to recognize they failed in some way and their credibility is shot. They're actually making the situation worse now, and they're hurting their credibility even more now, and they don't understand it. This was never about their control of you and me, as some of you thought. This was about their pride. This was about their humility. This was about their ability to change course and change minds, and they can't do that because they told us early on, do these things and the virus will go away. Everybody lined up. 70% of Americans got this vaccine. They're still getting sick. Not as sick, not as bad. But they sold us a bill of goods, and now they, they can't get rid of the virus. And what we should be doing, what public health should be turning towards, where the plane that should be landing is the one that says this is never going away, and like the flu, we will accommodate it. This is now not a pandemic, it's endemic to society. What we will do now is we will boost treatments, we will boost medicines, we will continue to encourage vaccinations and we will make sure hospitals are equipped for any future waves. But now go live your life, take off your mask, go back to the way things were before. But they can't do that because that would be an admission of defeat. And so who now is being defeated instead? Homestead Bakery, a bakery you've never heard of, who can't go back to normal, and who current things have broken, the supply chain, the costs, the delivery, the customers, That they couldn't keep their doors open because our public health officials were incapable of landing the plane on the only runway there was of get used to it and adapt. The only plane they wanted to, the only runway they wanted to land on was COVID zero and it's not there. The plane's never going to reach that destination. So the result is, you know, if a plane stays in the air flying to a destination it will never reach, it's going to fall out of the sky. And that's what we're seeing happen. It didn't have to be that way. Perfectly good runway to land on. The one that says, it's going to be here it's endemic just get used to it live with it like we do the flu nope can't can't land there so much of our government these days is they want to land on a specific runway they're never going to get it and they can't bring themselves to land on the other because they admit then they can't reach the destination they charted it's like the environmentalists they can't adapt to climate change they can't adapt to society they can't adapt to what's going on they'll never land on the runway they want to land on, they're going to let the plane fall out of the sky. And the little guy and the small business, the mom and pop shop, they're the ones that get hurt. Let me play you two clips about it. Well, uh, yeah, no, I know I'm going to save those for commercial break. I'm, let me, let me tell you about Patriot mobile first, but you know, conservatives are in a fight coming up in 2022 because the left, I don't know if you've seen the fundraising numbers, they're way more well-funded than we are. One of the companies out there that you can do business with that's actually contributing to our side's cause and helping our side fundraise and taking a portion of their profits to help, it's called Patriot Mobile. They give to the conservative movement, to the pro-life cause the second amendment cause you doing business with them generates their profits from which they then take and fund the cause along with you compounding your money and they're good people they got a hundred percent us-based customer service and they've got great coverage just go to patriotmobile.com you can see their coverage map and they give you discounts if you're a first responder a veteran if you've got a big family if you're an nra member you get a discount and you get free activation with my name eric what you do is you go to patriotmobile.com eric PatriotMobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K or you call them 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you, get that free activation. Do business with a good business that shares your values and gives you great service in return. Hi there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I got to play you these two clips. Uh, between the the inability to change and the ability to take the data for what it is and change one's mind. I want you to listen first to the
2: Surgeon General of the United States for Joe Biden. Well, it's a really good question. You know, the CDC has guidance currently that says that even if you are vaccinated, uh, you do need to wear a mask and that will likely be the case for children until the CDC changes it. But here's what we have to remember. When our children get vaccinated, several things happen. Number one, we have the mental peace of mind and comfort of knowing that their risk of bad outcomes with COVID just dropped significantly. The second thing uh, to know is it reduces uh, the pressure to quarantine uh, kids once they are exposed to the virus. We know that if you, uh, you know, have somebody in the classroom who's exposed, but if you're vaccinated, your chances of actually getting sick are much, much less. Uh, but finally, you know, I think many parents will likely feel more comfortable where their kids engaging in activities like sports and getting together with friends for birthday parties uh, if they know that all the children are vaccinated. Finally, I'll just tell you this, John, I've got kids in school. Uh, The schools have had to bend over backward to figure out how to make things safe uh, during this time. We've had uh, administrators who have practically earned their MPHs and masters in public health trying to figure out uh, everything. They've had a lot of support from the CDC, funding from the federal government, that is great. But I'll tell you, many of them are just eager for the day when all of their kids are vaccinated because they know that will dramatically reduce risk and improve people's peace of mind. So now they're
0: pushing vaccines for kids. You know, my kids are vaccinated. They they were in the 12 and up pool and they wanted to be vaccinated. But one of the things that, that he talks about beyond this is the masking. The CDC has guidance currently that says even if you're vaccinated, you do need to wear a mask, and that'll likely be the case for kids until the CDC changes it. Masks, the CDC says. Well, now here's the Surgeon General of Florida. Listen to him.
2: I, I want you guys to step back for a moment from what you hear, sort of constantly on TV, and just very briefly, in terms of the data that uh, that supports mask use in kids and mandates for masks in kids. It is very weak and that's a fact, but there's a substantial gap between the quality of the data out there supporting masking kids, yielding any benefit for kids whatsoever, factual and the what we're hearing from some of our public health leadership in other states and nationally. In Florida, we're going to stay close to the data and we're going to let you know how we feel about the data and the data do not support any clinical benefit for children in schools with mask mandates, the highest quality data find no evidence of benefit, and and that's how and we're going to stick with that because that's what the data show.
0: That's what the data shows. I mean, by the way, he's right. In fact, in Europe, they agree with him. The only the only people who disagree with the Florida Surgeon General are at the FDA and the CDC. All of the European public health officials and the Asian public health officials have said there's no reason for kids to wear masks. The data doesn't support it. So of these two men, the Surgeon General of the United States and the Surgeon General of Florida, one of them is capable of steering the ship of state to the plane of state to land on the runway of COVID's endemic now. That would be the Florida Surgeon General who reads the data, is shaped by the data and implements public policy based on the data. The other is the Surgeon General of the United States who has been flying us to COVID zero runway and is never going to get there. And it's going to cause the plane to crash. It's going to cause the plane to run out of fuel and fall out of the sky. People are more and more unwilling to believe. And in their unwillingness to believe public health officials, they're going to strike out on their own and they're going to find the people who tell them what they want to hear. Because the public health officials, they're not just not telling them what they want to hear. They're not telling them things that science says. I would highly encourage all of you to listen to people like the Surgeon General in Florida who is making his case based on facts. We need more of that.